This is Cardinal Francis George, and I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Father Barron will challenge us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents the Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, today our first reading for Mass is taken from the book of the prophet Jonah, which is one of my favorite books in the Bible, so it gives me an excuse to talk about it. The book of Jonah is a couple of pages in the Bible. You can read it easily in one sitting, a brief sitting. So I recommend if you have a chance, sit down and just read through the book of the prophet Jonah. It's full of drama, it's full of human interest, and it's one of the funniest stories in the Bible. Also, it's inspired so much commentary over the centuries. I mean from painters and from poets and so on. One of the best commentaries on the book of the prophet Jonah is in Moby Dick. There's a great scene toward the beginning of Moby Dick when Father Mapple, the preacher, comes out and he stands in his pulpit, which is shaped like the prow of a ship, and he gives a great sermon on the book of the prophet Jonah to these sailors about to go off to sea. So read that if you have a chance, but definitely read the book of the prophet Jonah. Why do I love it so much? Why have so many commentators and artists and poets loved it? Well, in a few pages, it summarizes beautifully the essential dynamics of the spiritual life. How does it begin? Listen now. This is from our first reading for today. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, saying, Set out for the great city of Nineveh, and announce to it the message I will tell you. Friends, in biblical religion, your life begins with a call. If you look back at the ancient philosophers, at Aristotle, at Seneca, and Cicero, and Plato, you know what you'll find? That the good person sets the tone for his own life. He determines what he's going to do in light of certain great goals, and he says, here's the way my life is going to unfold. It's not that way in biblical religion. In fact, just the opposite. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Ezekiel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Peter, Paul, all the great figures are called by God. They don't set the tone for their lives. It's not on their terms. Rather, they are summoned by God. Get up! Go to a land I will show you. Get up and announce liberation to my people. Get up and become a prophet to the nations. Our lives are not about us. They're not lived on our terms, for our purposes, according to our lights. Our lives are about God and what God demands of us. So Jonah, like the others, here is a call. Jonah, go to the great city of Nineveh and announce repentance. The book of Jonah says that Nineveh was so large it took three days to walk through. Probably a bit of an exaggeration. I mean, Chicago, you probably could walk through in the course of a day. But the point is, it was a great city, one of the great cities of the world. What's Jonah's job? A difficult one. 
to announce to this great city, like going to New York City or to London or to Paris, and God's saying, your job is to convince them to repent. Well, naturally, he's reluctant. Listen, though, Christians, God's call is always difficult. My life, on my terms, that tends to be relatively easy. What God wants is always demanding. Do you hear a call? Maybe not with your physical ears, but every one of us is summoned by God to some great task. Let's say you're a lawyer, you're a judge. What's your call to Nineveh? Your call might be this, that you live your life in accord with justice and for the sake of justice, not for your self-aggrandizement, not for your money and power and status, but to be a servant of justice. That's the call from God. Let's say you're a business person. What's the call to Nineveh in you? It might be to live your life in such a way that you serve the other and not yourself. It's not money, it's not profit, not status that matters, but finally your concern for the other. Using your business skill, using your imagination, to benefit the other, not yourself. That's the call to Nineveh. Let's say you're a writer, you're a journalist. To say, my life is about the truth in its liberating power and not about me. My point is, God summons all of us to truth and to goodness and to beauty, to justice. And that is the call to Nineveh. That's the prophetic call to live according to God's purposes. Okay, what does Jonah do when he hears this call? He says, Lord, okay, here I am, off I go. <laughs> Au contraire. Like most who are summoned by God, he resists. God says to him, go to Nineveh. That means, I want you to go east by land. Where does Jonah go? West by sea. Jonah flees, the book of Jonah says, all the way to Tarshish. Where's Tarshish? At the southern point of Spain. It was a biblical Jew's way of saying he went as far as he could. He went to the end of the earth in the opposite direction of where God wanted him to go. Listen, so many of us who hear the summons of God don't respond to it. But we go in precisely the opposite direction. Lord, I know I'm being summoned to a life in love with justice and with the truth, love for the other. I know that's what I'm supposed to be. I know my summons to holiness. But what do I do? I live my whole life running to Tarshish, running in the precisely opposite direction. What happens to Jonah? Well, he gets on a ship in Tarshish, convinced, of course, that he's avoiding the press of God. Well, he, he must be just a local God. If I get far enough away, I won't feel the press of God. Jonah gets on a boat with several others, and what happens? A storm kicks up. Terrible storm, mighty storm, threatening them. You know, for ancient people, this would be a bit like for us, 
traveling in an airplane that's in serious trouble, an airplane going through turbulence, an airplane about to crash. For ancient peoples, traveling on the sea was very frightening business. And you can see in these little wooden ships out on the mighty ocean. So there's Jonah with his friends, and the ship is being pounded by the waves. What's the spiritual lesson? Friends, when we disobey the call of God, don't expect our life, our lives, to be smooth sailing. When we disobey the will of God, what we invite into our lives is chaos and tumult. More to the point, our disobedience affects not just ourselves, but all those around us. Look, all of the people on the ship with Jonah are equally threatened. If that ship goes under, they're all lost. We are all interconnected. All of us. My decisions about my life affect you. Your decisions about your life affect me. We are all intertwined. When we run to Tarshish, away from God's will, we invite this kind of havoc and tumult into our lives, and it affects negatively those around us. You know, I spent the last 11 years teaching at Mundelein Seminary, trying to help people discern the will of God. Does God want you to be a priest or something else? Here's a hard truth that I've discovered, and it's confirmed in this book. If someone is being called to the priesthood, and it's a real call from God, and he resists, for whatever reason, he says no to the call. God's vocation, as it were, pursues him, causing inner storms, and yes, even affecting those around him. Going with the grain of God's call, that's the key. Now, in the midst of the storm, what happens? Well, they determine that Jonah is the one responsible. The other people on the ship say, it's because of him, and he finally admits it. Yes, I've been resisting God. That's why this storm has come. And so, with some reluctance, but, but finally with determination, they throw him overboard. And immediately the storm subsides. Jonah, here's the most famous part of the story, is then swallowed by a great fish. And for three days, he lives in the belly of that fish. What's being symbolized here? The resistance to God's call causes a storm. When we finally surrender to God, what we need is a moment of purification. Jonah, in his egotism, in his fear, ran. Finally, surrendering to God, he is swallowed up. Now look, he's now constrained in this belly of the fish, unable to move. His own freedom has now been constrained. His own desires have now been squelched. Where's he going, by the way? The fish is swimming with him all the way back from where he came. In other words, God is now 
grasping Jonah, limiting his own freedom, restricting him, and bringing him back where God wanted him. What's the time in the belly of the fish? It's a time of purification. Moses spends years in the desert before his mission. Joseph endures years of imprisonment before he's ready for his mission. Paul sees the light of Christ, then spends three years in Arabia, that means three years in the desert, preparing for the mission. Jonah's restriction is a time of purification. Christians, when you suffer, when you enter into a time of depression or dryness, well, failure, when your life seems like it's shutting down, it's being restricted, how should we read it? We should read it perhaps as this Jonah time, a time in the belly of the fish that's not an arbitrary punishment, but rather is a disciplining of our wills in preparation for the mission. The fish swims with him all the way back, all the way through the Mediterranean, and he vomits him out on the seashore, just where he started. This time, Jonah follows the will of God, and he goes to the great city of Nineveh. Now listen. And he becomes the greatest preacher in the history of preaching. And Jonah goes to this New York-like city, this London-like city, and he proclaims repentance, and they all repent from the king to the common people, and even the cattle put on sackcloth. He becomes the most powerful preacher in the history of preaching. Listen to God's call. Don't run. Allow yourself to be disciplined. And then when you surrender to it, your life becomes rich and a conduit of grace. Read the book of Jonah, and God bless. To purchase copies of The Word on Fire, call 847-297-4360. That's 847-297-4360. I hope that you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George. God bless you. Word on Fire is brought to you in part by Catholic Cemeteries. Most interment arrangements at the 42 Archdiocese of Chicago Cemeteries are made through a pre-need plan. Your thoughtful planning today is economically prudent and contributes to peace of mind for you and your loved ones. Catholic Cemeteries counselors are available at your convenience. For more information, call 708-449-6100. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837.